0: back at it again. We've had a breather. We've thought about how best to I guess, summarize what we just witnessed.
1: I'd say tackle.
0: Yeah. I th- yeah, Head on.
1: Um, Imagine wading, you know, neck deep into thick cement mm. slowly setting around you. Yeah. Gray as far as the eye can see. That's Spy Kids 4. The only good thing about Spy Kids 4 is that we can only go up from here with the other Spy Kids movies. That's true. Well, we're not we're not waiting for the end with the other three, waiting for the for the atom bomb of terrible, with number four. True. We're we're just one, two, and three. While I'm sure aren't you know paragons of cinematic virtue, they're still going to be better than this. Yeah. At Hot least damn,
0: anything's going to be better than this. From from this point on, we can say, look, at least it wasn't Spy Kids four, but it's still a spy movie. It's still got you know, it's still got the big villain. So I think. It's important to sort of start off by contextualizing the whole movie and in terms of its villain. Uh, TikTok, uh, Time, Man, uh, Jeremy Piven. All right? Now, it's important to note that Time apparently is running out. Uh, and that's
1: not like a tagline for the movie or anything. It's no, just... it is. It is running out. But yeah. let's start from the beginning here. Let's I, throw story continuity out the window. Sure. We're going to go through this. Scientifically, we're going to dissect this like a frog. Mm. So, Jeremy Pivens, Danger DiAmos' main goal is to go back in time and spend time with his father. Yeah. That is what he says multiple times. That is what his goal seems to be. Keep that in mind. His goal is to spend time with his father because he never could. Because his father developed this time machine, the Armageddon device, to freeze time. Yeah, he gets why- He gets frozen in time.
0: Yeah, so back in the day, 1920s, 1930s, I think they say. Uh, At just a time. Yeah. Back, he was dressed like a, a little sailor boy. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was dressed like a little paper boy from like the 1700s. But anyway, he You'd was You'd expect his voice to be like,
1: oh boy, mister.
0: Yeah, but unfortunately it wasn't. We don't actually even hear him uh, when he's younger. So apparently- He was reading kid, comics though, so. Good on him, I guess. So, but he wasn't spending time with his father, which is, which is kind of the whole point.
1: No, because his father dragged him to his place of work. Multiple times. And then his dad's like, hey, come over here and check this out. And the kid just looks looks at him and then goes back to reading his comic. Yeah. And then the kid gets frozen in time because he just runs into an active experiment zone.
0: Well, I mean, look, that's what happens. And when he gets frozen did... in time. Yeah. For decades.
1: His dad tries everything to free him. Yeah. And then apparently it's horrible because he watches this happen. He's frozen. So he's not frozen in time. His body is just frozen. Yeah. Physically, he's frozen. Mentally, he's still completely active.
0: What, like, witnesses his dad grow old. Because uh, he says when he gets freed, he's a grown man in a child's body. Don't know how that works. Uh, if he's
1: frozen in time, then you're just frozen. Nothing's moving. But... As we see in this film, they don't care what time and freezing time and what is. They don't have a meaning for time. They don't have a meaning for the end of the world. No. No. Okay, so that's his goal. He wants to go back and spend time with his dad. Yeah. We find out that he's done this a hundred million times or whatever. All the henchmen you see throughout the film and TikTok are alternate versions of him that have gone back and tried to spend time with his dad. Yeah, and then came back and became henchmen. So that's unclear. So throughout the film, time is getting faster. Yeah, we're losing time. We're running out of time. So I'd like to just say... This doesn't matter. They're like, oh, this is going to end the world. No, it isn't. For multiple times, we just see the clocks running faster. Yeah. Then, near the end of the film, then we see the days moving faster. Now, look. That's going to be annoying for epileptics. Night day, night day, you know. Seizures on the streets. Survival of the fittest. Yeah, re- honestly. S- situations have changed. But what is that really going to impact... Just, we can find new ways to keep time. It's not going to kill anyone, except the epileptics. But... But, like, they're they're treating us like this is cataclysmically bad.
0: Yeah. Now, admittedly, if the day-night cycle is shifting so rapidly, admittedly, that must mean something for the Earth's rotation, admittedly, it might mean something for the Earth rotating around the Sun, which could also mean that uh, the tides of the planet itself would change drastically... And most likely flood the earth, or just send the water off the earth altogether. But here's the other thing:
1: we don't know enough about the
0: tides to make that sort of statement. That's very true. Uh, and at least as far as the movie explains, uh, it's going from day to night real fast. You've just sped up that clock a little bit. That's a that's about it. No one's aging faster than normal. No. Uh, there's no actual physical uh, impact of that clock
1: increase in speed. No. On the on the world. Uh, and this is bef- apparently before the Armageddon machine is activated. Mm. Like it's so dumb because at one point, uh, Joel McHale's boss, boss, <laughs> boss, <laughs> Joe McHale's boss, yeah, comes out and says, Oh Joe, yo, you got my report?" And he goes, "It's not due to. It's not due till Friday." And the boss goes, "It is Friday. Have it on my desk to- yesterday, or there won't be a tomorrow." It just doesn't become Friday because the clocks have gone forward. It seems to only be a problem
0: when it conveniences somebody else. So, he can now, as the boss, decide, uh, my subordinate's job was due on Friday, it's all of a sudden become Friday, I can now have that moral superiority over him by saying that his work's already overdue, when he's probably only been working on it for a couple of hours, and yet it's somehow been a couple of days. No one would have been inconvenienced by that unless the
1: boss... It's not a couple days! It's still just a couple hours! Because those are just constructs! An hour represents a period of time! An hour doesn't get shorter or longer because what, what people, like the clocks move faster forward!
0: So if everyone, if everyone just goes over to their, their nearest analogue clock, if you have one in the house, just pull out the little pin to, to wind the clock back and forth, just start
1: spinning it forward. Are you time-travelling? Apparently, according to this film...
2: You're, you're don't, don't,
1: don't do it too far or you'll miss out on your essay deadlines, your work deadlines. Your boss will come to you and it's like, I went on my desk yesterday or you won't have a job tomorrow.
0: Yeah, by the time you've worn the clock forward a couple of times, you're going to be uh, about 25
1: years older. Uh, you will have missed no, everybody's but birthday. you won't be 25 years older because it doesn't affect you physically. Furious. I don't so, So here's the first thing. The stakes of this film are almost non-existent. Yeah. They don't set this up as cataclysmically bad. The only bad thing
0: is the Armageddon title.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, it freezes people. To be honest, horrific. Mm. But that's only when that gets activated, which is towards the end of the film. You know, the first film had real stakes. People were being turned into monsters. Mm. That's Awful. A robot army was also taking over the world, too. Yeah. A robot army of children. That's terrible. Absolutely. This is just, oh, the clocks are moving faster. Yeah, you thought Kony 2012 was bad. Wait till you see the robot army of kids. You know, on the tier list of terrible things. Yeah. Nazis, way down the bottom. Sure. Robot kids, slightly higher. Clocks moving fast. Real shit. This is is when you turn the, the alarm bells on. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. This is so stupid. It makes me angry talking about this movie because it's like... No thought was put into it beyond, you know, how many time puns can we make in this film?
0: Admittedly, there was a pretty good one, which was, uh, don't waste my time or I'll waste you. That was the only good one. I, I liked that one quite a lot. Uh, and then that was it. That was it. So, I feel like, look, we've got the premise of... Time's moving faster. We can, I guess, briefly talk about, I don't know, a bit of the family.
1: But what really happens? So, okay, here's what happens. Yeah. She captures TikTok. I had to think about it. Yeah. I had to think about it. She captures TikTok at the beginning. She does. She gives birth to the child. This is Jessica Alba. This is Jessica Alba. Yeah. There's a two-year time skip. Joel McHale has a TV show Mm. where he is a spy hunter. Doesn't get to spend time with the kids. Because he's too busy hunting spies. He's too busy hunting spies, badly.
2: Mm. Uh, His wife is a spy. His wife is a spy. Was a spy. That's true.
1: Probably why he couldn't catch her. She's retired. She's retired. TikTok escapes. The Time Maker releases a video. A news network apparently reports on the doings of this spy agency. Very intimate reporting on what's going on.
0: It does seem quite strange how public a spy organization is.
1: Girl's unhappy with the mum. The mum gives her the necklace. Saying it was special. Yeah. The,
0: cr- the chronal crystal? The Cry- chronal crystal. The the red... The red crystal. It's the one that saves the world. So... She needs it back the next day. Because she realises that it's been activated. She realises that the Armageddon is going to start pretty soon. Because she
1: gets a re from this little box. Yeah. In the baby's room. Which, by the way, I want to point out... It's, it's a tissue box. Mm. And there's the mechanism underneath. Now... How do you think she lifts this off? Secret button? Secret latch? No. All she does is take the first tissue, lifts off. If anyone came into that room to blow their nose, they'd discover it. Yeah. What a shit spy. What a horrible... I mean, look, just because she's retired, surely
0: it doesn't mean she's just stupid. But but I've been proven wrong before.
1: I don't know. It It could be anything. So, she gets it back. Or does she? No, she doesn't. She gets pranked. Oh, no. So uh, Re- in the meantime, Rebecca's given her a little swoperoni because she was supposed to have the crystal. Uh Rebecca still has it, which is big problems because the timekeeper locates it. So, a van comes down the street really this, quickly. <laughs> this yeah, this is what I want to talk about. The technical aspects of this film are also just horrendously poor. We talked about the sound mixing where there's like springing sounds and boinging sounds and just very strange hard to soft sounds that don't match what's going on. But also a lot of the moves in this film are sped up in an attempt to make them seem more powerful or more Urgent, I think urgent. as well. Like this car coming up the road. Instead of do you know, having, you know, low threatening shots of this car, you know, coming towards them, it's a static shot of the road, a car driving Doubled in speed. Mm. And then a shot of the driveway of it pulling up. Double speed.
0: It rips straight from one of the Fast and Furious movies. It just shows up as though it was just blaring down the road. All the nitros kicked in. Uh, and then it stops and they pull out. Uh, or, uh, it stops and we get their, uh, the henchmen come out. The time men. Henchmen. Uh, they all show up with their weird time battering rams. They could have just used normal battering rams or they could have used... Yeah, they're big G- guns? poles with clocks on them. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but apparently it sends out wee little waves which still just explode stuff, so it's not even a time-related weapon, but
1: that doesn't matter. So, much like the first film, the kids are sent down to a panic room. Yep. Led by the dog. Yep, there's a, the there's a hologram of her, their mum pop up, and she's like, oh, you see in this, the house is being attacked. Yeah. And the house is being attacked. So, very astute hologram. Yep. Uh, the kids well, not the kids, Rebecca, thinks initially that it's a prank by the mum. If you want to set up in a story that one character would feasibly believe something else, you have to establish precedent. Yep. While she doesn't like the mum and doesn't trust the mum, there is no precedent of the mum doing anything but trying to connect with the daughter. So having her say this is just one of mum's pranks doesn't fly with the audience because we've only seen the mum try her best and that just doesn't work
0: and uh, and yet here we are we've got the daughter thinking ah, it's just a prank until the door literally
1: gets obliterated Splinter- yeah, splintered yeah splintered it's like Ben Shapiro walked in and obliterated <laughs> with facts and logic except the facts and logic are vaguely time-based
0: weapons they also try to break into the uh, break into the panic room they do but not before the kids apparently join the Thunderbirds and get launched into these weird little uh, pod rockets. Uh, I do like the fact that, you know, they're thinking, you know what? Maybe kids, maybe boys might like pink and girls might like blue because they put them in the opposite colors. Uh, but
1: they were clearly designed for the boy one for the boy and the pink one for the girl. Right, that, that it, was just, that, it was just a mix-up.
0: It's just the kids are a little bit colorblind too on top of one of them being basically deaf. But the dog comes along as well. Uh, comes along for the wild ride and a pursuit
1: through the sky ensues because um, you think oh these are just bearing rams with clocks on them oh you'd be wrong you'd be, you'd be so wrong imagine the harry potter scene in the first movie where they're all getting on brooms but a hundred times better because oh yeah little fins come out of this and they surf these on are, these time clock broom things they're time boards That's yeah awesome time- it, that, that was really really cool they're time boarding yeah um it's the new craze it'll be in the olympics soon i bet 2030, mark our words. Yep.
0: Anywho, we see an uh, airborne pursuit between the time boarders and
1: the little brats. And Cecil is motion sick. He is, but he uses that to his advantage by weaponizing his, his vomit. Yeah, by throwing it in their faces. Um, It gets won by accident. Yeah. Because he accidentally takes down the windshield, or purposely. It's not made entirely clear. Nah. Ricky Gervais loves it. He's just He loves every moment of this movie. I don't think he knew it was in the movie, as we've established. <laughs> That's why he liked it. Yeah, I think him saying, oh, I love, you know, sticking my head out a car window, that was just him. Yeah, that was probably from uh, celebrities in cars getting coffee with Ricky Gervais. Did that exist? Probably. I don't I don't think so. But as we've established, time does not matter to this film. So, <laughs> pro- it both existed and didn't exist. That's true.
0: So, we finally, we finally say they make it to...
1: Well, I want to say one thing about The Vomit, which is something I never thought I'd say, but... It hits a skyscraper. Mm. Poor guy's washing the window. And it is very green. It's comically disgusting. So, I don't know. Like, that kid eats a lot of candy. We see him the night before eating... Now, I think they Chief's Puffs. Yeah. The first thing that came to my mind was Australian. was a Was a bucket of twisties. Yeah. But, you know, Americans, they don't have twisties. This, it's sounding further
0: and further away from an Australian accent. Croiky. You are from Australia. I want to clarify that. You are from this country.
1: Yeah, but I gotta, keep, I, I gotta have at least one voice in my man of a thousand voices routine. That's true. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> dial up the Aussie to the point where it's not Australian. And if anymore. I'm Aussie, throw another twisty on the Barbie. That's foul. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, for other listeners, twisties are just, like... Imagine a condensed cheese puff. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Fair enough. But also come in chicken flavours. For some reason. Don't touch it. Yeah, don't do that. Don't one. do not touch chicken. Uh, it's yeah, But, yeah, it's just big cheese puffs. He's got a huge bowl of them. Mm. Uh, stuffing his greedy little face. So that must be why his vomit is, like, bright green. There's a lot of uh, very comically overdone sections of this movie. And I think that's probably one of... That's one of many. I think... Comically overdone is a good way to say it. The sound design, the visuals, the, the editing, it's just too much. Yeah. It's like they were self-aware on what made Spy Kids charming and cranked it up. They dialed it up, yeah. It was too
0: cheesy. It was too uh, puffy. It was just too... It was a cheese puff, not a twisty. It was, yeah. We, we would prefer just the normal twisty. And with a normal accent, please. Uh, if if you if you don't mind but we finally get to the OSS uh after an airborne assault from Cecil and his vomit bags on these three time boarding pursuers and who do we meet
1: but danger no D- what we meet Carmen first oh yeah true and it's like oh, it's, she's also in this It's movie, a reveal oh yeah she's right. related to Jessica out character yeah the niece 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 yeah niece is very strange because I'm pretty sure yeah I don't I don't know their family tree but not sure not sure they're very close in age yeah the actual actors Jessica Alba was 30 Mm. and and uh, Carmen must have been like 20 something
0: yeah she would have been she probably would have been like early 20s
1: so yeah here's a fun fact Robert Rodriguez walked her down the aisle according to Wikipedia There you go. And
0: I think that was probably an apology for making her do Spy Kids 4 all the time in the world. Depends on which one came first. He was probably just happy she didn't off herself after being part of this (laughs) film. That's true. But, oh, well, we do meet Carmen. Uh, She is always throwing a bunch of little nostalgia bombs, like a little nostalgia green goblin. Uh, She's just flying around the place on a nostalgia glider. Uh, Just exploding stuff, as we see. Yep. But, uh, regardless, we get to see the original Spy Kids room, which I don't think ever existed. Uh, It's basically just a supply closet filled with uh, Easter eggs and references to the old movie. Full of an
1: obscene amount of cobwebs. Yeah. Like, it is on a main corridor. Mm. We see people walking down it all the time. And no one has cleared it out of, like, any of the, you know, high-level tech in there.
0: Yeah. Probably potentially lethal stuff that if you leave it for a long time, it will most likely you know, deteriorate could become quite dangerous.
1: Yeah. All it needs is an
0: activated agent yep. to take it. Yeah. OSS is not secure. And also, speaking of activating agents, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about it a little bit later, it's very
1: easy to activate an agent. All you have to do is say, you are activated. Yeah. Any agent of any jurisdiction apparently can activate an agent. Yeah. Because they bring Junie back and he's like, you two are activated. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I don't know how he managed to do that.
0: He just said it, and then, as if he were God, he made it so. But we, we don't know Junie's here yet. We don't know Junie's around. We just know that there have been whispers of uh, of the Cortez family. But on the wind, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so meet Carmen. The parents.
1: I don't know where they are. Don't Probably know. dead. They. Oh they, yeah, true. They, There is a line where they say they left it to us. Yeah. So um, maybe they just maybe they
0: flew away in their little spycopter and uh, and and wanted to have their own little retreat maybe
1: Um, or they're just dead or they're just dead I I prefer to go with dead because the actors because they didn't want to be part of this film they said Robert Rodriguez was like hey you want to be part of my stuff I mean I mean uh, uh, for a sequel to Spy Kids 3 and they had a gunshot on the other end (laughs) and then a phone click that's all it was
0: Uh, so uh, Carla Gugino uh, Antonio Banderas uh, may you two rest in peace but a moment of silence please
2: yeah, that's
1: that's how i wish i went out anyway <laughs> what shooting yourself over a director asking you to participate in his embarrassment fetish film
0: no just listening to oyo como spy
1: oh okay that makes a lot more sense yeah, yeah that's all right so yeah they they're there they're locked inside timeout because they're just meant to be kept safe. Yeah. But they call it Grounded. Yeah. Now, that's later, but they still feel like that now. It's still the same room, though. Yeah. This is where he eats a lot of candy. This is himself. Pl- clones himself. Clones <laughs> himself. Uh, they try to fix their gear. Mm. Uh, she chews up a lot of gum and then throws it onto the ceiling like a
0: brat. Yeah, it's the uh, like that electric gum from Spy Kids 1. Uh, the one that they use to to zap and take down the, elect- the uh, robots, which run off electricity, one would assume.
1: Yeah, apparently they need to be
0: activated too. Yeah, don't know how. I don't I don't know what technical or technological side of that you could put in there. I mean, all you need to do is just chew it and then put it on something which will short out and it shorts out. She doesn't even try and put it on something. That sh- she just chews it and then throws it onto the ceiling.
1: Onto the ceiling.
0: Why would you... Like, that's the worst place to put chewing gum. Put it yeah, and the then pin. it falls
1: on her, her brother's head, which is disgusting. I would retch. <laughs> it actually was foul. It covers his head. She She chewed up that much chewing gum. She has the jaw of a king. Remember Uh, the Crimson Chin from Fairly (laughs) Odd Parents? That's her. Uh, She trained him. So that was Dangerous Jaw and
0: Cecil uh, finally released. And they decide to take the the toot uh, out of the place. Wow,
1: what a funny name. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's basically just a teleporting device. Yeah, it's a teleporting device. They use the anagram toot so that uh, Carmen can say they tooted themselves. Yeah. The yeah the the, mnemon, the mnemonic
0: what is it anagram it'd N- N- be something
1: it's acronym. a funny joke acronym. acronym that's the one yeah um, yeah no but this speaking of anagrams this is where we first see his ability to use anagrams mm. no one at this organization could crack the anagram of where the time master t- Man. Watch, to, watch watch watcher topsy turvy I actually cannot his remember his name right now TikTok. There we go. No, and it wasn't TikTok. It was timekeeper. The timekeeper. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Where the timekeeper was. No one could figure this out. Two seconds. He's figured out it's not a code. It's an anagram with a bunch of numbers. Yeah. And then, touches, and then the computer system does yeah, it. And the computer system does it. He does it on an Xbox later too. He does. I don't know how that works. So he's God, apparently. I don't know what's going and on. And they teleport uh, to this place. They sneak their way through, through deadly traps, where... I want to point this out. In a lot of kids' films, violence is not toned down, but the consequences of it... Trivialized. Are trivialized. Like, I think the best example of this is Home Alone. Mm. You know, Marv gets shocked, and he's not dead. Yeah. Like, he, you see a skeleton, and
0: then... No. That, that's, that's a lethal voltage if you can see through somebody's skin. If the, that's it wasn't even seen glowing. through
1: his skin. His skin was gone. He was a skeleton, <laughs> and then it's back. But in this film, there's there's still the trivialized consequences. But what they do should get them killed so much. Mm. Like at one point during the sequence of them sneaking through this big clock mechanism, uh, it's the, se- the secret layer of the uh, the timekeeper, Cecil gets caught on one of the big sharp red arrows, and he gets thrown Bane backbreaker style. Yeah, into. A cog, and at the end of Endgame, yes, when Tony Stark is lying against uh, the remains of a building or whatever, yeah, eyes mildly
0: open, uh, surrounded by all his loved ones, he's kind of looking off in the middle. This
1: not moving. That is
0: exactly how Cecil looks. Exactly right, and and Rebecca Rebecca comes up, kind of like Pepper Potts, except and says, "Okay, Cecil,
1: you can arrest now.
0: (laughs) Exactly, we'll be okay." Yeah, closes closes his eyes, and uh, and there it is. Uh, but thankfully, Cecil's not dead by some miracle. Uh, His spine some... is not
1: just completely
0: shattered into a million pieces. It hasn't been eviscerated. And they continue the mission, end up getting caught. Everybody gets caught. Of course. Yeah, because they're all a bunch of bunch of big old buffoons. Uh,
1: and then they just kind of split back up again. I don't know. What's the sequence there? Because apparently Carmen's garbage at lying. Yeah. Because the mum rings up and says, Hey, Carmen, what are my kids doing? And is that is that your actual impression of Jessica
0: Alba? <laughs> Did you watch this movie? <laughs> like, what's going on? And all car- right, let's all right, sure, that's, like- that's Jessica Alba. And
1: Carmen says Go ahead. What, uh, what does she say? I'm not <laughs> what uh, <is> she-
0: napping <laughs> Alright, just to clarify, he said uh napping. I don't know if I don't know if the frequencies
1: on people's headphones picked that one up. And then Jessica Alba says, "Um, But where are they, really? Because she said it so much like a lie. Yeah. And then she says, Ah,
2: they tooted themselves!
1: And, and, you know, that was a great exchange. Yeah. uh, Between two characters. She could have just lied and said that... Still hanging out in the room. Or studying. she could have just told the truth from the very start. Doing homework. What a pointless waste of 10 seconds of my life. I will never get back. Just like I just wasted 10 seconds of your life by doing those impressions that you will never get back. <laughs> they could have just been eating candy. And yet, no,
0: they uh, they tooted themselves. Good on them. Thank God Jessica Alba knows what the uh, acronym toot means. Because otherwise we would have had to explain it yet again.
1: So they follow them. They track them. Because they've got trackers or something. Sure. Sure. Uh, meantime, Joel McHale pops back up for the first time in it about a, 30 in minutes. about an hour, yeah. And he fixes a spy tracker. How does that work? I do not know. He just fiddles with it and it tracks spies. It tra- what, but it tracks you- his wife, specifically, and his kids. Mm. Because in this city of spies... Remember, there is an organisation of spies... How does his show Spy Hunter work if there is a sp- public spy organisation? Those are questions for another day and another time that I desperately do not want an answer to. But he manages to track his wife with just an arrow pointing towards a spy.
0: Yeah, and an incredibly detailed navigation tool as well. Telling him to take a step, take another step, take a big step, and then stand on top of a dumpster.
1: How does it track spies? I don't get it. This is what, something I want an answer to. Robert Rodriguez... Get your hand off your wiener and give us a call and tell us how the spy tracker worked. Just even a blueprint will do, to be honest. Just send something in. He gets to a dumpster and he falls through the dumpster. With his cameraman as well. With his cameraman, who has the other great line in the movie. Mm. Uh, It's not really a line. He says, you know, the one thing you'll always have time for is regret. Yeah, because John McHale doesn't have time for his kids. Yeah, he's like, in five years, they won't be kids anymore they will be like twelve. Yeah, I don't know how old are, how old are these kids. How old are kids these days? I don't know. I don't know. Um, they'll be a bit older, sure, but he needs to work. But yeah, spend time with your kids. Mm. Um, if time isn't moving forward quickly, he's like, oh, I thought it was five minutes. But anyway, we've already gone through this. Yeah, that didn't, doesn't make any sense, and I'm not going to try and explain that. So he's like, the the time the thing you'll have time for most in the future is regret. And Joel McHale's like, oh man, yeah, that's really deep, man.
0: And it instantly just cuts back to Thumb Man off, to the, off the right in the driver's <laughs> crying. seat, crying, bawling his eyes out. Uh, He's also lost his neck in that time. Apparently, he
1: squishes into himself. Yeah. Uh, that was the only other time in the film I cracked a smile. Yeah, not a laugh, a smile. There was, the, I think, I, I gave an exhale because I think, as as with many things, the shot, the directorship was bad. Mm. There were too many cuts. Yeah, if it was just like kind of a. Long shot. I think that would be a lot funnier. Yeah. But alas. So Thumbman and Joel McHale enter the villain's lair. And Joel McHale can't see. He needs glasses. His eyes are bad. Apparently. But apparently they've got a super camera that can zoom in. Yeah. So they so do it's that just a camera. and escape. How do they escape? Doesn't show us. But they escape. They get sucked back up the garbage dumpster. And what happens next? It kind of blows because
0: I feel like a lot of scenes repeat themselves a bit. But long story short... Uh, John McHale does end up revealing the footage to his boss, finds out that uh, his uh, his wife and his children and his baby and his dog are all wrapped up in the spy biz. Uh, And yet he, as a spy hunter, has not realised this up until today.
1: And he eats the the VHS tape in 2011. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Uh, Look, I know we run a DVD store, so we're not one to cry out dead media. Yeah. But... God damn, VHS is dead media. And you would not get the quality of picture on VHS that that computer had on it. Yeah, for sure. It was crystal clear. Not oh, 4K, but crystal clear. It was not 4K. And honestly, a tragedy for it. One
0: other thing as well, which I thought was really weird. John McHale, the first time... So, he's obviously, there are two copies of, uh, of this footage. And they make that as a little bit of a joke. They see... They're watching it all on the computer. Uh, rather than John McHale trying to destroy the computer itself, he pours... A can of... Well, like a cup of coffee,
1: I think, on the keyboard. Which apparently destroys the computer. Which destroys the computer somehow. Uh, and then the It's like cameraman's... if I stub my toe and then my insides liquefied. Yeah. It just... Doesn't quite work that doesn't way. Doesn't quite work that way. But somehow, the next time, the
0: cameraman just goes, Oh, don't worry. We've got a got a copy. And John McHale just instantly pulls up the tape
1: and starts eating it. The um, o- only thing you can do in that situation. What would you do? Grab the tape, slam it on the ground and smash it. Two save your job by waving a magnet over it. Mm. Common knowledge. Or just ripping it. Three, rip it up. It's h- tough to rip, but I'm sure you might have something sharp around, like a knife or some scissors. Or your it's teeth. A- it's an office. Or D, would you chew it like an animal and go, mmm, tasty.
0: Yeah, and then it was like. Yeah, D, D was the
1: option he picked, by the way.
0: Yeah, he didn't actually become a millionaire, though, unfortunately, uh, like we were setting up there. He actually just lost his job. Uh, and all he had to show for it was a box of stuff and a cardboard and cutout <laughs> of himself wearing a stylish hat.
1: Yeah. Um, so his wife appears with the child. Yep. Who looks very, very ethnically different from both Jessica Alba and Joel McHale. Yeah. I
0: don't know what I don't know what happened there. I mean, look, they claimed and they said in the movie that that's supposed to be uh, their kid. That's the one that they've had together. Um, I would argue that they. That that baby Neither of them had it. Yeah, I would say that that baby looks the least like either Jessica Alba or John McHale out of the three
1: kids. So the first movie had a lot of people of color. Yeah. doing doing work. Pretty much everyone except the bad guy was a person of color.
0: Absolutely. Not that that really made a huge difference, but I mean, it was just it, it, that it was really it was re-
1: it was it's a good thing, especially so early when a lot of roles are dominated by you know, white kids and white actors. Yep. Um, it was really cool to see, like a whole film, um, pretty much people of colour. Except for Junie. Black Panther, eat your heart out.
2: Yeah, fair Jun- enough.
1: Junie was very white. Junie was white as hell. Yes, but, you know. Regardless. Regardless. This deserved an Oscar over Black Panther. Uh, but yeah, this film, all white. Yep, just all white, uh, except for the baby and Danny Trejo, who appears. Yeah, Oh, so, uh, okay. Jeremy Piven does look... I think he's just tan. He <laughs> does look vaguely uh, like a person of colour due to the lighting. Mm. But I don't eh, think he is. I don't think he
0: is. I feel like he's just... He's uh, he's enjoyed the uh, the summer months of Los Angeles. That's about as much as I can say about his, uh, about his hue,
1: I guess. Nice. So, we somehow managed to make our way... Uh, Well, you'd forget the riveting conversation between Jessica Alba and Joel McHale, where Joel McHale heavily insinuates he's going to get divorced because his wife kept a massive secret from him for years, which, you know, how are you meant to trust her after that? What other things is she keeping from you?
0: I feel like a spy is a pretty big bombshell to kind of drop, though. Yeah, especially
1: with the kids there and she didn't say anything, Mm. uh, especially knowing his spy dream. Um, He just got fired for her. This man's kind of kind of broken right now, but, oh well, he's John McHale, he'll live. And we move on to them being grounded again, and then he's playing on the Xbox, and Danger comes in and is like, hey, good work, I'm Jeremy Piven, mm. and he's like, hey, did you know your name is an anagram of Armageddon? Oh my god! Yeah, the kid makes a lot of really, really
0: heavy accusations. This is the point where he actually gets quite aggressive, because yeah. out of the blue, he just decides to say, oh, hey, uh, Danger danger diamo." that's a uh, anagram of Armageddon. Like the Armageddon Project, out of the blue. And you're like, whoa, whoa, hang on. Because if, if this kid was wrong, if, if this guy wasn't the main villain, and it was just a coincidence that his name was an anagram of Armageddon, then I think you'd be like, well, okay, that's you're throwing out on some seriously heavy... And potentially legally liable, I guess, accusations. If this kid's gonna make a mistake here, uh, slanderous accusations. He could, but that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, slanderous know, spoken. No, slanderous spoken. That's in true. In print, it's liable. That's very true. Uh, now, keep in mind, though, this kid is still a kid. Wouldn't be sent to jail for it, but uh, he could definitely be uh, definitely could be sent to sent to spy juvie. Uh, God knows what happens in there. Did you mean? Go ahead.
1: Spy Juni?
0: No. I was just about to say spoovy,
1: but uh, I think Spy Juni what, be- what is spoovy? <laughs> it's Spy Juvie. Oh. I, think I, don't, like off- <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like spoovy at all. Look. Spoovy sounds like some sort of uh, yogurt drink. It's the stuff that
0: uh, Rebecca left on the ceiling after she threw all the gum up there.
1: She left a the spoovy? It, there
0: was just a little fine film of spoovy left, <laughs> <laughs> left behind after the gum dropped. Anyway, we meet Junie after this as well because all the agents are rounded up and they are all going to go after the timekeeper and TikTok. And what better way to reintroduce Junie than saying, we need all our agents on this. We're going to bring back the ginger ninja himself, Junie. I like that. And, and Junie walks in. They may we, well... we
1: discussed this with the leather jacket. Being, pow, 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 pow. Yeah.
0: They may as well have thrown in uh, the Kill Bill music. You know,
1: wow,
2: just... wow, wow,
0: yeah. Chica, just... wow. Wow, wow,
2: Wow! waka, waka, waka.
0: Yeah, we could have just seen him walk in... Imagine uh, how much better this film
1: would have been with Quentin Tarantino in charge.
0: Where every single scene was just horrendously bloody and the fact that there were people of colour in the movie probably would have been a little bit more heavily
1: uh, vocalised. Yeah, and and important to the themes, yeah. Yeah. Probably about the oppression of people of colour in the spy industry or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would have been much better and much more tolerable. Mm. I probably wouldn't have felt as sick afterwards... Watching that incredible violence.
0: Yeah. But alas, so we get to see the trio of the Cortezes, I guess, uh, of uh, Carmen, Juni, and I guess by blood relation, uh, Jessica Alba, all show up at TikTok's place
1: uh, and promptly gets But get f- important fact you forgot. Mm. Carmen is so angry that Juni's back. He th- She throws away his uh, lanyard. Yeah. His OSS lanyard—the one to say that he's back on the force. How is he meant to get back into
0: the convention? I don't know. What the hell? You can't. You can't get into the convention without your lanyard. It's impossible. You need a lanyard. Exactly. But but unfortunately, Junie goes lanyardless uh, to the TikTok lair, and uh, and good on him because it turns out the, the the big big old twist that we mentioned probably about three minutes, if not three seconds, into uh, our review is that. Danger diamo is Armageddon. What? <laughs> and Armageddon is TikTok. I didn't see that coming. But you got to hold on to your seat a little longer because he's got control of all of their office lanyards and he freezes all of them. But Juni, being lanyardless, he uh, he's not frozen. He's completely fine. He pretends to be frozen though for some reason. Even if he somehow could predict that he was going to freeze everybody in place and he knew that everyone's OSS badge had that time stop function, I guess. Why didn't he tell somebody? How, why doesn't he say, hey, by the way, these lanyards we've got are going to freeze everybody. You
1: should probably take them Junie's a dick. Junie is he's a, he's but a, I would a selfish more put, one. I'd put this down to more sloppy writing. You hear that, Robert? Sloppy writing. That's just for you.
0: Well... We uh we know what he's going to be doing for the next couple of minutes, uh and it rhymes with uh up, uh he's going to be uh anyway look we'll we'll leave it at that, so everyone freezes in the OSS and that's just supposed to be the beginning of the end as uh TikTok and Timekeeper it's
1: time for the Armageddon machine
0: it is time uh that is that's probably going to be one of the best jokes we've made and one of the best jokes that the movie could have ever produced either so and all we Aha. said was just the word about
1: time. It's time to continue the review because they managed to break out because Junie contacts them as is like, hey, you're agents now and, and they're they agents. agents and they activate attack mode on Ricky Gervais mm. and Ricky Gervais uh, starts yelling about uh, atheism and how gods aren't real and uh, wait, no, the dog, but bushes down the door. Yeah. Um, and Cecil says, oh, we need to use our imagination, not our gadgets, when, when he we tries to punch gadgets. through the door yeah. to the Armageddon machine. So he says, we can't use gadgets, we need to use our wits, our imagination. Yeah, so that, he that's imme- what makes a good spy. That would make a good spy. So immediately he turns up his hearing aid, which he needs it to hear, but is still admittedly a gadget. And he quite literally it. relies on his gadgets. Now- Listen.
0: Um, Especially if you're deaf people. You he is,
1: he's a s- eight-year-old kid. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. For work, this is genuine, I used to and sometimes still do at the DVD store mm. um, open one of the old safes. You know the ones we have to spin it. The ones you see in the heist movies. Yeah. With the pins that click with the stethoscopes to the the safe yeah those are very annoying to open if you get it slightly wrong you got to reset it and go again mm. This kid has almost certainly had no experience with opening safes like this and manages to just crack it open like it was nobody's business with a, with a high level of hearing aid this is a high security
0: uh, spy organization as well even if everybody's frozen it doesn't mean that
1: the technology stopped working. Why do they still have an old-time safe? Surely they would have had more electronic locks or something. Yeah. I mean, look, you can't just leave,
0: like, you know, a weapon lying around and be like, oh, but it's really hard to use. You can't just leave a weapon of mass destruction behind a door just because it's pretty hard to open. Yeah, but then when
1: he opens the door, these big robo-sharks try and eat him. What? Yeah, those big jaws come down and they look like shark jaws. Oh, really? Really? You completely missed that. He opened the door, and that's why he doesn't go through because it goes like chomp, 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 and would like crush him.
0: Oh, well, there you go. I think I must have tuned out for a solid five to ten minutes. Like this, the end of
1: the film. It's it's really like we're making the film, God knows how, sound better than it is Mm. because we're we're riffing on it, we're joking about it, but there is nothing to this film. Pretty much, it's not it's not funny bad it's like it's movies are funny Mm. and when they're bad when they take themselves seriously when the creator takes it very seriously and the result ends up terrible think of all the famous bad films Plan 9 uh, The Room all of those were meant to be serious projects and they failed and that's why they're so funny and that's often the ones that actually get some form
0: of I guess cult following
1: yeah Movies like Sharknado, they're not funny because they're meant to be bad. Mm. And bad comedies are just bad. This, as we said before, is trying to be cheesy, is trying to be jokey, and falls flat, which makes it painful to watch. Mm. Because you're not watching someone fail at trying to be serious, you're watching someone try and fail at being funny, which is so much worse. Because failing at being funny means you're not laughing, and it, you, you've got to fall back on something else. Failing at being serious means you can find it funny. Unfortunately, if you, fall, uh, if you can't fall back on not being funny,
0: then there's actually nothing to this movie. Which is a tragedy, but... And I feel like that kind of brings us to... Yeah, especially
1: without the smell of vision
0: Yeah. I forgot, I forgot to order the Scratch and Sniffs. We finally get to the final fight, I guess. Yeah, there's still, still a watch from uh, from Jeremy Piven with now, the aid of Ralph, the weird little robot from Spy Kids 1 through
1: to 3. Now, I want to point out, I don't... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but at no You're point wrong. was it... Well, there you go. Well, at no <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you... I'll humor you by letting you right, finish the me. sentence. Just yeah. humor me. Haha. At any point was there an establishing feature that his watch would protect him from the Armageddon device. Oh, no. Absolutely not. No. So, she deliberately steals a watch from him... Yep. ...to protect them from the Armageddon device. This wasn't communicated to the audience. This wasn't communicated anywhere within the story. How did she know? How did she know? Is she working with the villain? Like... Oh, my God. This might have added... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, she can't be because uh, she screws him over at the end. Well, that's true. So... It if could you're be ex- part of the long con. Yeah, wait for Spike, hits 4,000 when, <laughs> when the con finally ends. She, she becomes
0: the god of all mortal men. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Rebecca, you absolute tyrant. But anywho, we for some reason, we get to see a watch being stolen. Doesn't really mean much. Uh, now, we did say at the very beginning of the movie too, the whole purpose of Timekeeper trying to start and you know continue the Armageddon device is so that time can be paused, then he can go back in time uh, spend time with his father who
1: he never got to spend time with because he was frozen as a young child. But and then, then... He- here's what's important. Yeah. Halfway through this ending, where they establish it, he changes motivation. Trying to spend time with his father he never got to spend time with to trying to circumvent the mortality of humanity and rescue his father from death. Of old age.
0: Now, for what we saw in the movie...
1: Uh... But yes, the anticlimactic ending, what we saw is... The timekeeper goes back in time. Yep. He does end up
0: succeeding. Uh, the kid Cecil, Cecil, uh, Seaweed,
1: whatever his name is, I don't know. Seaweed boy says it's not going to change anything. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything. Because apparently he's shifted motive from spending time with his dad to saving him from mortal death. Yeah, And this is
0: also when Cecil somehow reveals that he knows that TikTok and all of his minions are all just different versions of Jeremy Piven. I don't know how he knows that. That's such a... That's, again, wild claims from Mr. Armageddon Man himself. Did we mention that TikTok has
1: an insufferably annoying voice? I was going to mention that at the very start because that was the first thing I wrote down in my notes, but I want to make his it voice clear. His voice is insufferable. It's like... it. You know Alvin and the Chipmunks, how it's pitched up really high? Yeah. This guy is pitched somewhere between Normal and Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. And it makes me so angry because I- it's like he's just annoying. I think it's, obviously, I feel like it's
0: for the purpose of trying to mask the fact that it's also Jeremy Piven, but there were probably, I guess, better ways of doing it. Uh, There are other voice filters that one can use. Uh,
1: Make him, like, they're they're trying to make him, I think, like the joke villains of the other movies.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: The ones who are kind of the bad guys, but not really the main bad guy until it's, Sort of revealed at the end.
1: No, yeah. Like, I would say as well, um, the only one I've seen is the first one, yeah. besides this one. Uh, so, uh, so Spike, this is a 50% success rate of not being a travesty of cinema. That's right. We'll watch the rest of them later. But uh, Alan Cummings was this kind of joke character. Yeah. He was the villain, but, like, he was goofy about it mm. for, most, for the majority of the time. I mean, his name was Floop. Yeah. What, like, how how is this man gonna bring this the guy? The world? It, this is exactly what I'm talking about with the film trying to crank it up to eleven mm. with a silly voice, a silly outfit. The outfit, the outfit design uh, for him was kind of cool. I mm. kind of dug it, but his voice—it was just this cranked up to eleven—and I just didn't like it.
2: Yeah,
0: fair enough. But that well, was I him. didn't
1: like it either. I don't, I don't want to mince words.
0: No, I completely agree with you. It, it was, was it was garbage. It was insufferable.
1: Yeah. So that's him. uh he reveals that they're all him. Mm. Uh, they try and put the thing to stop the Argan- the crystal on the Armageddon device. Doesn't work. He knocks it off. Uh, he goes through the portal. He sees his dad. He does. He meets his dad. He doesn't hug his dad. He, he gives his dad a firm handshake. And neither of them really pick
0: up on the fact that they look exactly identical. Because Jeremy Piven also plays his father in the flashbacks.
1: Yeah. Now, he comes back an old man. What I'm getting from that is he spent... 20, 30 years with his dad. Yeah. Oh, and the rest. I mean, he's, he's like barely
0: moving. That's he's how slow he is. Yeah. He's probably in his 90s.
1: There is a long shot of him walking. A long, long, long shot. Long shot. And he says, You're right. It didn't change anything. What do you mean? You spent it with your father. That's all you wanted.
0: Yeah. So in the end, the villain actually got apparently exactly what he wanted and yet somehow didn't succeed or he did succeed. He I'm did not
1: sure. su- I don't know. It's like Cecil put his ideas on to the main bad guy, saying it won't change anything. Yes, it will. you got to spend time with him. What is this movie? It's I, so bad. It can't even keep its villain's motivation straight. And
0: considering half of the characters were the villain as well, I don't understand how they got that mixed up. Maybe, maybe honestly, the old versions and the new versions all had different motivations and they all just kept talking in, the, in a circle among each other. They just kept talking over the top of each other until it all became one jumble of motivation. One of them got to walk through the portal. The rest of them kind of just disappeared. I don't know where they even
1: went. I don't... Uh, it's still not established how they were all Jeremy Piven. Yeah.
0: All at the exact same time period as well. They didn't look any different between each other. The no. only one that was slightly different They said was... they get
1: worse and worse. Okay. Sure. Anyway, he comes back out. They... Wilbur comes down and cuffs uh, the main bad guy. Mm. Uh, and beats him. You've been spy hunted, fool.
0: Yeah, and he he gives them them a big punch across five other uh, versions of... Yeah, with
1: like a pinball sound or whatever. Yeah. Don't know what's going on there. Yeah, but uh, they're like, Oh, I love you. I love your spy stuff. Mm. And uh, Carmen reinstates uh, the spy kids. Because she has that power. Because she has that power, apparently. Um, Then he starts getting away. Mm. The main bad guy. Uh, Then their two-year-old daughter picks him up and suplexes him onto the ground. The two-year-old daughter that just walked seconds before. And that is the most offensive part of this film.
0: The kid has just taken their first steps. They make a big note of it. Oh, baby's first steps. And then the kid immediately has realised, if I can walk, then I can kill. And immediately just suplexes this man as he runs past. And they're like, oh, baby's first bad guy. So apparently that baby has no choice but to be taken
1: into the fold of spy kids no and we don't have a choice because at the we end don't. of the film oh god it basically freeze fate freeze frames on them yep and then it, oh, it does yeah and then it shows them uh basically inducting people without their permission yep. into spy kids because we did say how easy it was to make people active agents to activate these people there's they sh- they show people at a park and it's just like a green hexagon around them and just activated yep that kid that kid who you saw at the park a couple of days ago activated they look at us yeah and they say into the camera. activated and I have been press getting into this fascist organization yeah and I don't know how to feel about it I look I the only thing I can do is just talk into this microphone and hope that someone
0: comes to collect me before the OSS does I'm terrified I'm not even a kid anymore yeah I have I' hit, I've hit 21 legally everywhere I'm an adult if, and yet I'm a spy kid yeah, I'm if, if
1: I was if I was in a situation yeah where I was being trapped in some sort of uh, underground spy organization, mm. I would probably get out by releasing a comedic uh, podcast based around uh, movies mm. from the 2000s to reach people to get them to track me and esca- and help me escape. Yeah. It seems like a very,
0: very elaborate and, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous option. But, I mean, look, to each their own.
1: Like, if it um, ever happened I would happened...
0: personally just run and scream and yell, but then I also turned 21, so I can't be in the Spikeers anymore. Legally, I'm out. You're still stuck, buddy. You've got a couple of weeks to go. But,
1: uh, but if that happened, I, yeah, I'd i probably do it with my best friend. Yeah. And we'd probably uh, release it irregularly. And, you know, we'd probably accidentally watch the worst one first. Yeah. Just, just if that happened. That's just a theory if I got press ganged into that organization. Were it to ever happen. Were it to ever happen. God forbid. God forbid.
0: But I think that, that that's basically how the movie ends. Uh, every child who's watching the movie, everyone who uh, wasn't watching the movie essentially gets conscripted. Um, I don't know what year this is. It was 2011. I thought for a second we were in 1914, to be honest. Uh, that's how out of date this conscription process is. And you know
1: what? What? Fuck it, I'm out. What a shit film. Ah! Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh! I never want to talk about it
0: again. So we'll be back with our regularly scheduled broadcast uh, later on this month. Uh, I hope everyone's well. Uh, this is Alex signing off for now. And uh, hopefully James um, Hopefully James survives. I think his microphone got unplugged. <laughs> but we'll see. Toodaloo!